It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, welcome into the show, everyone. Of course, Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox. The uh, network coverage at Red Sox CLNS. The show is, of course, Red Sox Beat Podcast on Facebook. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Just Thomas over there. I am Jared Scally. We're breaking down the Red Sox week that was against the Yankees, against the Blue Jays. Team is currently sitting atop the ALEs, tied, now tied for first place with the New York Yankees because of what happened in New York, and we'll get to that. Um, but of course, Jess... We have to start the week with David Price again. And <laughs> don't I mean, we always ever since he's been signed, he is in the news for whether whatever reason, good or bad, mostly bad. And this time it's coming with the fact that he was diagnosed with carpal tunnel. It's been talked about here in the city for a while now since the, the diagnosis came out. Pitched uh, five and a third innings here on Saturday this week against um, against Toronto. Probably thought he could have stayed in. They decided to pull him, um, but did look pretty good. Ended up getting the win in that game. But um, they are saying carpal tunnel is what David Price has. Um, back and forth about the Fortnite rumors and whether or not he played too much Fortnite in the clubhouse, and that's just hilarious of a story as it is. Uh, he claims it's obviously not because of that. I I kind of believe it is. Um, but just just what do you make of this? Like what it's become, the fact that. And I believe it could, it very well could be carpal tunnel. Like I'm not saying the diagnosis is a lie, too. Uh, but what do you make of the carpal tunnel story, the Fortnite situation? Because he didn't look that bad on Saturday when he when he ended up getting the win. Well, so the whole thing is weird to me because they said it was carpal tunnel, but then he came out and said that the numbness is still not from that. He said the numbness is from the poor circulation problem. Yep. So he's still saying they're two separate issues. Even though everyone immediately was like, "Oh, carpal tunnel," that must be why he's not, you know, why why he had numbness and everything. Everyone just kind of lumped everything together into that one, and then he's like, "No, actually, it's both." So that concerns me because still, he hasn't solved out the solved the circulation and the numbness problem. So carpal tunnel. I mean, I guess he can pitch with it because clearly he went out on Saturday and pitched with it, and he pitched all right. But if he still has the numbness and circulation, then where are we really with this story? So it kind of doesn't really feel complete to me because we still don't know what's going on like did the carpal tunnel cause the numbness i'm curious of that like is that a second Mm -hmm. side effect i haven't heard that so probably wouldn't because i feel like at any second they could have jumped on to explain the numbness in his fingertips they would have used so i feel like we, we would probably know if it was the carpal tunnel that affected that but you know hearing the diagnosis come out it be carpal tunnel um Alex cora even addressed the fortnite thing which is weird um like everyone's talking about the fortnite do you for those of you who listen to this podcast who don't know what Fortnite is, it's a video game. 
that they all love to play. Um, it does take a little while to play every game. I, I am a Fortnite goer myself, but apparently he plays like he plays in the clubhouse. He plays on road trips. He brought he literally brought the Xbox to the clubhouse that they could play as a team. He plays a lot. Um, there's a good chance that this is what caused the carpal tunnel. Now it could have also been the fact that he is a pitcher in baseball. Um, there's a good chance that repetitive pitching and gripping the baseball can also cause carpal tunnel. I want to believe the Fortnite story is true, Jess, because that would be better for everybody in this city um, who hates David Price. Um, and I don't think I really hate David Price anymore, but at the same time, I, it's a better story if the Fortnite story is true. Yeah, it's interesting. I really don't know much about Fortnite because I don't play it, and I'm kind of like seen the, Have you ever you seen the, the movie Hunger Games? No, I haven't. Oh, do you know Do you know what it's meant to be, like the idea of the Hunger Games? Like the free-for-all yeah. killing? Yeah. Okay, that's basically Fortnite. Um, okay. it's a, it's like That's a hundred person play. game. It's battle royale. It's, it's stay alive until you're the last person standing, and you can like build stuff on the fly too, like structures and things like that to hide from people. But basically, it's video game of Hunger Games. Okay, that explains why I don't know much about it or care about it or play. It, that's <laughs> totally not my thing at all. That's fine. So you won't find me in the Red Sox clubhouse with all the uh, players playing because I know it's wildly popular with athletes. It's like crazy popular. So. They can have it, um, but not if it's given the carpal tunnel. So um, it makes sense. I mean, you're doing the same repetitive motion with video games. We all know that. But like you said, pitching too is kind of the same thing. So I want to believe him that it's not from video games, but if he really is like the, the ringleader with that, then I could totally believe that. And I hope we do find out a definitive answer at some point for that. <laughs> They just come out three weeks from now. Yeah, actually, guys, you know what? That was from Fortnite. We'll admit it. <laughs> I really hope. I, ho- I hope at some point. It'll get brought up eventually. I don't think no one will ever admit it, though, unfortunately. But um, not. looking at that start, Justin, I mean, he was in pretty control for a while, like for most of it. Like He seemed like he was comfortable at the mound um, as much. He, he was stressing his like flexing hand a little bit, but like that's normal for him, and that's probably part of the I-need-to-feel-my-fingers situation. But he looked okay on that start on Saturday. I didn't see anything... In that start, now, he was supposed to pitch in the Yankee series, got scratched, Porcello pitched instead. <laughs> um, that was a big red yeah. flag for everybody. But he came back Saturday um, and, and threw okay. I thought he probably could have stayed a little longer. I think they were protecting him a little bit, which is fine. I get it. But overall, watching him pitch, he looked like he was in enough control that, you know, maybe the carpal tunnel isn't that bad, but it is affecting him enough that he might not make as many starts as we want him to make. He might get, it might kind of reduce his schedule. Yeah, I mean, he did have three walks, which, you know, he's had problems with walks all season, as we've talked about basically every show. So, 93 pitches, five and a third innings. So, I mean, yeah, he probably could have gone in for a little bit longer. But, as you said, he did get the win. Sox won that game five to two. So, um, it's good to see him pitch well. But, yeah, I mean, the Yankees thing, trying to skirt around the Yankees. We all know he has horrendous numbers against the Yankees in his career. And he just, oh, yeah, um, uh Sorry, I got some carpal tunnel syndrome. Hey, Rick, you want to pitch? I'll, I'll pitch the next series. Yeah, Saturday. How about that? Saturdays. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, All right, we'll I don't have Saturday. to pitch. In, I don't have to pitch in the Bronx against the Yankees. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know I, what? I got hurts. carpal tunnel, guys. I can't yeah. pitch. And then Friday comes. Oh, you know what? I had a bullpen. It feels pretty good. I'll pitch Saturday, guys. Yeah. Oh, that sounds against Saturday Toronto, I can pitch against Toronto. Make sure the roof's <laughs> open, okay? I need to be warm as hell in there, so then I'll freeze my fingertips off. Um, Look, that seems a little suspect. It does. It, it, they're going to protect him. They, you've seen it before. They've scratch starts with him not not at home. I mean, at home in years past when he was doing bad to protect him and let him pitch on the road away from Fenway. It's yeah. a thing they do, and they will constantly do it. And look, we're stuck with this guy. Um, I, I think he can still be dominant. I, I do believe in him, but like, 
he's not opting out because he's not going to make this kind of money anywhere else. I People brought up the idea, you know, is he miserable enough to just opt out? No. I don't think he's miserable enough because he's making a lot of cash, guys. He likes he likes he claims he likes his teammates and that kind of stuff. And he so. claims they're doing it for his teammates and he likes Alex Cora. So if if our us obnoxious fans are what would are the only thing that really bothers him, he's not going to drive himself out of town because he likes the situation and he's getting paid a boatload of cash to be mediocre. So yeah, exactly. And it, the problem with all of this, you know, as you said, he he could be good, but he's not reliable. And that's yeah. been the problem with him ever since he got here. And we were hoping this would be the year that he's reliable and he pitches well. And now this has happened. So it's like one year after another, it's something with this guy. And he's never been reliable. And he's still not. And we're not going to feel like he is until all of his problems are solved. And he pitches well. And I'm not sure if his problems are going to get solved. So he's probably just going to continue to not be reliable, which is very annoying as a fan. Yeah, it is very annoying. Um, but I think the biggest thing they could all honestly do is just rely on the other pitchers. Get what you get out of David Price. And maybe, you know... You have him for what four more years after this? If in the next four years, maybe obviously you better pay Chris Sale. Like you better pay Chris Sale. Um, but because he's a lot better than Price, maybe you bring someone else in and make Price your mm. third or fourth option. Because I think they're going to keep Porcello around. They like him. Pomerantz is going to be here. I think they're going to give up on Erod eventually. Um, mm. But maybe they bring somebody else in who can be more consistent. That maybe won't be super expensive to make Price your third or fourth option versus having to. Because right now, I still think. David Price is your second best pitcher talent-wise. Um, as much as he's not executing like that, I think stuff-wise and talent-wise, he still is a number two guy on this in the staff. He's just not pitching like it. He should be. Yeah, he totally should be the second best. But he hasn't been for pretty much 97% of his tenure here. So that's annoying. But mm-hmm. yeah, it makes perfect sense. He gets older. He's later on in his contract. You get somebody who's better, and then he slips down the rotation. I'm sure he won't be happy with that, but he's done nothing to secure that spot. So clearly they shouldn't have paid this much money for him because he's not been worth that, and I don't think he will be. So that's on them. They overpaid for him. Seriously. <laughs> for sure. No, they definitely – but anyone who got him that weird was going to overpay for him. Even what the Cardinals right. were going to give him, which was not as much as the Red Sox, were still an overpayment because you're going to overpay him regardless. That's just the way it works, unfortunately. But um, – I think you know he he saw the money he saw Dave Dombrowski he came running now a little bit on Dave Dombrowski here like red flag he has bad allergies he's talking about from the Tampa Tampa days he has to deal with aren't these red flags to you like I don't understand why you might think you know what maybe we can go get somebody else or he's is he Dave Dombrowski just looking at the numbers here because there is a history of this stuff from him with the allergies with the, with the excuses and things like that. But he also hasn't played in a big market like this before, so they haven't really been brought to attention. I had no idea about his allergies. I don't know about you, Jess, but like, and I, and I follow baseball pretty closely, like you do. So, like, this is something that Dave Dombrowski probably knew about. Yeah, I never heard about it, but I don't know, the whole the whole thing with him and the whole signing just basically seemed like the Sox trying to make a splash. And since he had good numbers and he had a reputation as being a really good pitcher and a Cy Young caliber pitcher, they said, "Let's get him and let's just make the splash," without kind of maybe going into all the details. So, I think that they just wanted to like get that big name, no matter what his deal was at that point. I feel like that's kind of what that signing was. And they're paying for it oh, in some shape or form. It was definitely so. that. Like, that was the, he was the guy that year we all talked. It's like almost like JD this year. It wasn't as big of a name, obviously. But, like, it was the guy that Dombrowski was linked to. He has a history with him. And it made sense because that's what they needed. Yeah, except JD's actually been good. Oh, JD's, <laughs> after that first, like, month, and even the first month with JD, it was just the cold weather. 
because he was cranking okay. some balls that would have been out this time of year even. So um, J.D.'s been good. which He's awesome. He's, he's been such a cog. And Hanley's been phenomenal. Did you see – side note here. Did you see Hanley in, in the dugout in Toronto Catcher's catching? Gear. In Vasquez's yeah. pink catching gear? How great was that? Can I tell you, this year, Hanley, they told him to be loose. They told him to have fun and enjoy the year. And what you've gotten out of him is a guy who just wants to be here. He's already come out and said publicly, like, he wants to finish his career here. He's not going anywhere. Like, he loves uh-huh. it here. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's great to see him doing that without having Ortiz here, because I didn't think he would ever enjoy himself here without Ortiz. But he has totally seemed to buy in, and he's hitting well. He's he hit three home runs this week, which is awesome. So he's really been cranking the ball, and he's excited and catcher's gear. Like well, this guy's doing whatever he wants. So could you imagine what his career would have been like if they never traded him? Like, because he always said, like, don't get me wrong, don't regret the trade. You got. A World Series because of it, because Mike Lowell helped you win that World Series, um, and right. plus Josh Beckett, of course, who was not the throw in; it was Mike Lowell. But You're right. imagine if Hanley was here, because all those things that he did over time, he's pretty much kind of subtly said, you know, he felt betrayed by Boston, and that he thought he was going to be the guy to, in Boston for years to play alongside Ortiz and these guys, he and to be, tra- to be. Yep. he was supposed to be, and then to be traded like that, that does spark some obviously some personality situations, like. Imagine what this guy would have been like his whole career if he just stayed here. Yeah, you wonder if he would have had like an Ortiz-like career or something with the stability of being in one place and being the kind of hitter he is. And then obviously he goes to different teams and he has personality problems, behavior problems and stuff. And how much of those personality problems do you attribute to being traded and not being here? Right. Because he was the thing. Because look how great it's been. the next big thing. He's had zero attitude issues since he got here. Right. I know Ortiz was here, but like... Even now, he could have easily just gone back to his old ways. He hasn't. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the problem with him has just been, like, keeping his head straight and, like, maturity-wise and keeping his head in the game and stuff like that. So he seems to be very much into the game now. So that is huge. I mean, we've seen this throughout his tenure here. When he's good, they're good. And when he's not good, it's a huge hole in that lineup, you know? Oh, yeah. So. And, you know, like, like I just said, three home runs this week was huge. I mean, he was probably the best player this week, along with JD. And, you know, it got them some wins just because his bat was good. So it's huge to have Hanley hitting, and he is, which is great. Six home runs right now for the season. One guy that's not hitting, that's a great segue, is Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> he has been garbage, and I was so happy when they weren't playing him. He got a hit today, his first hit in, like, years. Um May 4th, yeah. Seriously. First hit, nine days. <laughs> Awful. Um, they benched him for a few days, let let Moreland play first base, Martinez was playing the outfield, and, and Hanley was DHing. That's your best lineup right now, is when it's like that. Because Moreland, every time he's got to the plate, he's been raking. Moreland's having a great, really quiet, great year. Because no one's really talking about Mitch Moreland anymore because JD's here, Hanley's playing first primarily. Um, no one's really talking about the year that Mitch Moreland's having, Jess. And I think I Jackie know. Bradley struggles are going to only put more of a highlight on that. And now I've, I, my biggest thing is, what do you do with Jackie Bradley? Um, is sitting him more of a get your bat figured out and put you back in, or are they giving up on him? I don't know what you do with them, but you got to do something to figure out to get his bat back on track because he's now a prime candidate to be traded, in my eyes, even more than he was before. Well, yeah, because like you said, at this point, he's just taking Mitch Moreland's at bats. Yeah. Mitch Moreland, the guy hitting three twenty two, who basically has a home run every time he plays. Yeah, seriously. So Mitchy four bats. Right. So you're taking away his time, and he's obviously loving his time here, and I'm sure he's really glad he resigned. He probably wants to play every day. He's starting to play almost every day now because he's playing so well. So there's the Bradley situation. What do you do with this guy? I mean, so 
Dealers and Alex Cora. Cora said that he's having trouble hitting, obviously, and that he's working on a swing and trying to get back. And then everyone was calling for him to not play. And then all of a sudden, he didn't play for two games. So that makes you wonder, is Cora actually, like, you know, actually sitting him to have him do some work and then come back? Or is Cora sitting him and saying, you're terrible, you're barely going to play because you can't hit? It seems like it should be that one because he's hitting 171. <laughs> Seriously. So unless he really is figuring something out, I know he's always been a hard worker. They always talk about how hard he works on his swing and how he tries to get out of slumps and stuff. But clearly he's just not a good hitter. I mean, he's been here long enough to know that he does not hit the ball well. He's had good streaks where he's hit balls. He's had a couple months where he's hit balls well. Every other time he's been garbage. So, I mean, you don't really need him because JD can play the outfield. Not as well, obviously, but his hitting is outstanding. Then you have Benintendi and Betts, and then that opens up Mitch Moreland to be able to play more because Hanley and Moreland can switch off in the DH because JD could be playing the outfield when Jackie Bradley's not in the way. So he's kind of just holding everybody up who's playing better than him at this point. And everybody wanted him to get traded before the season because of his bat, and now he's really proving that his bat blows. So it kind of is all shaping up to trade him. The question is, will they? And now it's a matter of, like, do you trade him to try to get something, or do you just trade this guy to get him off the roster, make room for whether it be Blake Swihart to stay here, because you got to make decisions when Pedroia comes back, too, which he's right around the corner at this point. Oh, yeah, Pedroia. So, like, when he comes back, what do you do with Swihart? What do you do with Bradley? Um, if you trade Bradley, does Lynn get him more opportunities? There's a lot of moving parts that, like, you don't necessarily need Jackie Bradley Jr. anymore. And so it becomes to the factor of, does it come to the point where he's not going down when Pedroia comes back? That would probably be Swihart. But do they trade him to make room for, to keep Swihart on the big league roster after the deadline, around the deadline? Do they just say, you know what, Jackie, you, you had your time, we're done with you. Let's just try to get some picks for him or some prospects to recoup the farm system that we just dealt away. Um, that could be an option, too. They're just going to say, screw it, let's just get some prospects back in the system. They could use some pitching prospects, there's no doubt about that. So... That also could be a possibility too. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you want to you want to get something for his defense because he's so good at defense. But our team's going to think that's worth it for his terrible hitting. I mean, the Sox have thought that's been worth it for all these years, clearly, because they still have him. But is another team going to find his defense good enough? I somebody, mean, he's so widely somebody. Yeah, he, I mean, he's so widely known as like the top two, three outfielders in the whole game, maybe even one. So you think that would intrigue somebody? I guess they just have to see if they want the hitting. So maybe they'll play him a little more, see if he can hit, and get his trade value a little bit up. I mean, you, you wish you could get something for him, right? I mean, you think you could. I, I think you can get something. It's a matter of how valuable that something is. Like, are you, you're not going to get a top prospect for him, but can you get some pitching prospects to, like, fill the farm system at least? Yeah, probably. And maybe you work with them and fill something out. But I think at this point, you're almost trading him. You would be trading him, Jess, I think, to make room to keep Swihart here to get Lynn opportunities. Obviously, the roster spot for Pedroia, but, like... You'd be trading him to make room for guys you already have. Right. I agree, yeah. And it's I, I, I'm a big supporter of giving guys an opportunity and a lengthy opportunity, as the Sox usually are too. But he's been here for a while now. And I think they've given him plenty of opportunity and I think they've can probably pretty much see at this point that he has no idea how to hit baseball. So I think we've given him long enough of of a, of a rope here. So I think that it's kind of all shaping up really well since everybody else is playing well for him to get traded. I'm fascinated to see if he'll do it. I I think they will. I, I, how long can he wait on this guy? Yeah, it's a matter of how long they wait to trade him. 
Like, do they waste the deadline? Do they give him a shot? Or do they just do it now and get it over with? Um, mm. I think the longer you keep him on the team, the longer the, the, the worse the trade value gets because he's not getting any better. And that's the problem. Right. Everyone knows what his defense is. He doesn't have to play to showcase his defense because everyone really knows what he can do defensively. That's not the problem. If you keep sending him up to the plate and keep striking out and not getting hits, his value is going to keep diminishing. Right. So it probably does make more sense to do it sooner rather than later. Just trade him. Just get it over with, and then you can keep Swihart on this roster, which they seem to love, but he hasn't played. And then, right. you know, or you give Lynn a chance. You've got to make room for Pedroia, who's coming back. Maybe they do it to make the Pedroia move. You know, there's talks that he's coming back by the end of the month. So, like, right. if not beginning Holt, of June. And Holt's playing well, too, to add another guy into that. Mm-hmm. He's so, having a pretty good season offensively, there's, so there's you got to worry about him, too. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of options, and maybe you have to put Holt in a trade or Lynn in a trade to get rid of Bradley. Fine, do that. Um, because Holt and Lynn, in my eyes, are repetitive. You know, you don't need both of them. Yeah. So, you know, one of those guys might be what gets you a good return for Jackie Bradley, get some pitching prospects back. All I know is you need to do something with Jackie Bradley. Um and he just can't afford to be in the lineup anymore, and and that's going to be where they have to sit down and make that decision. And like, look, he hasn't played as much, which is great. Um, but the more he plays, like you said, Jeff, the more he's taken away from Mitch Marlins at bats. Right, and you don't want that guy no. sitting three twenty two. Three twenty two with some ding dongs in his back pocket. You uh, need to keep him at the plate as much as possible. But you know, just like Alex Cora, you can also bench Jackie Bradley Jr. for play draft. And if you love fantasy baseball, <laughs> then you need to try our new favorite uh, app, which is Draft. Uh, it's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys, of course. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. And, of course, we all draft for the season-long drafts. We love drafting. So um, they last for just about one night. And once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, nothing. Just set it and forget it. And the best part of it is you're playing for that cold, hard cash, and you get paid out on the next day. Drafts only start from a dollar, so that's fine. Draft for everybody there. And, of course, you know, we love it. I love it. I, I did a draft, and I didn't do too hot. Um, I, I stacked Red Sox, and it didn't work as well. Mookie went off, but Xander didn't have a good game, unfortunately. I love my boy Xander. But the uh, nice thing is, next night, you can bounce back and redraft. I know Jesse used draft as well. And um, it, the beauty of it is the convenience, I think, for me. It's just you can do it. It gives you notifications, and when your draft starts, it's going to pop up and get going into the draft and be done with it. Yeah, I was going to ask you how your, uh, how your draft that you showcased online did. Uh, finished, well, third. Uh, finished third. Finished third. Third. Out of how many? Six. Six? Okay. So right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I know you bled into that with Jackie Bradley Jr. Unfortunately, on draft, you don't get penalized for strikeouts or things like that. Yes. You know, if you, if you go for four with four strikeouts, you just get no points. You don't get, like, negative ten points. You know, yeah, so. it's, not, it's not like those other, those other salary cap situations. Right. I hate those, so you get penalized for that kind of stuff. So that's the great thing about draft is you don't get penalized. If your guy doesn't do well, you just don't get points. So it's all just points, and if you can get get your doubles or triples, your home runs. So mm-hmm. you want to pick those multifaceted guys like Mookie Betts because he can get you your home run points and your double points. Stolen bases, it's great. Stolen bases, and you get points for walks. So yep. if you have somebody like Ben Benintendi who's not hitting well, but he gets a lot of walks, you can still get some good points if he gets two or three walks. So... Pick those multifaceted guys for your draft. That's they, my advice. They work well. You can join us on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, all of our Red Sox beat listeners are going to get a free entry into Real Money Baseball Draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code Red Sox Beat. That's right. You play a Real Money game for free just by using the promo code Red Sox Beat when you make your first deposit. Go check out Draft in the app store. Or search draft.com on the web browser there and enter the promo code Red Sox Beat. Uh, 
and you get that first free entry into hopefully some cold hard cash for you. So uh, it's definitely a new phenomenon, and it's great. So definitely check it out there. Um, and obviously, a good friend of the show. So before we move on to the one MLB note that we have and some predictions, um, other thing that we wanted to touch on was um, the Yankee series a little bit because obviously a big series. You know, you go to the Bronx team, the Yankees had won, what, 12 out of their last 15 or something like that going into that series, so... 14 of 15, was, actually. Was it 14 of 15? I didn't think... I didn't want to give them that much credit. No, it was 15 and si- out of 16. Was, I didn't, really didn't want to give them that much credit. Um, yeah. You lost the first <laughs> well, game to. 3-2, you lost the second game 9-6, you bounce back and win that last game. Jess, Red Sox didn't play that bad against the Yankees, no. but some timely hitting screwed the pooch against the Red Sox, and of course you play in a wiffle ball stadium, and Giancarlo mm-hmm. Stanton had a day that week yeah no it was it's on paper it's a a loss two out of three games which is what we predicted so we got that but the first game was tough because like you said Stanton hit two home runs off Pomerantz but that was the only two runs Pomerantz allowed and the Sox ended up tying the game at two but then the Yankees scored a run on a a, uh, judge RBI single in the eighth inning so that game was right there for the taking that could have gone either way Pomerantz pitched pretty well, minus the two home runs. So that could have easily been a win. And then the second game, uh, Rick Porcello had his first average to bad start of the season. He gave up five runs. You know, everyone's going to have a bad start occasionally. But the Sox had some good offense, and they ended up taking a 6-5 lead off of Hanley Ramirez home run late in the game. Unfortunately, the bullpen struggled, and Craig Kimbrell allowed a lot of inherited base runners to score with a Brett Gardner triple and an Aaron Judge homer, and they lost nine to six. So, when I mean, you had a lead in the seventh inning in that game too, so you were tied and ahead in the seventh inning of both those two games. And then obviously they won the last game five four and ended up squeaking that one out, even though it was four nothing, and the Yankees ended up tying it four. JD won it with a home run. So all the games were really close. So even though you lost two out of three, it's not one of those situations where you're like, well, you got creamed. Like the Yankees were playing extremely well and they still did win the series, but it was extremely close. And I mean, either team could have won any of those games. Yeah, I think it was more of a you caught the Yankees at the wrong time. Um, Because look look at what you did when you came to Fenway, right? You had a good series against them. So I think it's going to be a very streaky season this year for both teams. It's going to be, you're going to catch them at the hot times. They're going to catch you in the middle of the summer at the hot times. You're playing them enough that you're going to each have your ebbs and flows throughout the year. Um, this is one of those years where they, they were starting at 500, and they figured it out, and they were riding it. They were riding hot. and Those guys were finally hitting the ball, which they were supposed to be doing all year, and that's why they're winning. There's no secret. When these when that, when that team hits the ball out of the ballpark, they're going to win the majority of their games. That's how they're built. They're built for power, and they play the stadium that, that anything above – a hundred feet, like it's all going to be home runs. <laughs> like it's just yeah. they're they're built to hit the crap out of the ball, and they really don't even have to hit the crap out of the ball. Look at JD Martinez's home run example, right field, opposite field at Yankee Stadium to win that like right one row over the, the wall. Right, it's an out, it's an yeah. out in most ballparks. Um, it was but, in the glove of the fan behind Judge. Yeah, right the front the first row. row. Like that's an out in almost every other ballpark. So sure. it's like you you take advantage of it while you play there. I think the Red Sox have a good enough lineup to go play like Benintendi if he catches fire there and you have guys who can hit opposite field so you know it's a good matchup to go to the Yankee Stadium as well but at the same time they get to play half their baseball games at a wiffle ball stadium so they're, they're built right. to win. big advantage for them yeah big so now advantage. at this point they're uh, 
the teams are three and three against each other after the Sox won two of three and the Yankees won two of three. So they're tied in the season series. They're tied in the overall season, 28 and 12 each through one fourth of the season, 40 games in. They're both 28 and 12. So really, it's all we could ask for. It's, it's shaping up to be exactly what everyone expected, I guess, at this point, really. Seriously. Um, and one more thing, because the, the Velasquez situation this year is interesting because <laughs> yeah. as a starter, phenomenal. Right, one games couldn't miss as a guy in the bullpen now relief help. He's getting wins still, and he's a huge help. At one point, do, I mean, do they even consider this guy back in the rotation, or are they just going to keep him in his role? He's doing well in this role. It's nice to have him and Brian Johnson right. in this situation because they don't. Not a lot of teams have a couple long relief guys you can put in if you have to. Because really, a diminished role in the bullpen nowadays, you don't see as many like long relief guys. But with you know. Um, Brian Johnson doing well, him he doing well, but you have other guys who are deemed starters with this team. Uh, what, what does it need to happen for Velasquez to actually get another shot in the rotation? I know. I mean, he's he has five wins. He's tied for the most wins in the team with Porcello. Uh, he's clearly pitched at the right times. Um, I mean, clearly they probably like him in this role because he's really flourishing in it, but I feel like you got to deserve, as we said last week, a start at some point. You know, Pomerantz today pitches four innings and has five walks, and he comes out after four innings because he walks so many guys. So he's still struggling. Uh, you know, Erod's not pitching very well. So and what like, is Steven Wright when he comes back? Right. So Velasquez, I mean, he's the guy right now. He's getting the most wins. His ERA is actually second best in the team behind Kimbrell at 210. So he's been really good in his 25 and two-thirds innings. Uh, I'd like to see him get rewarded with a with a couple starts. I know he's really valuable as a long relief guy, but yeah, I feel like when you do that for long enough and you get this many wins and you pitch this well, you deserve a spot, especially when some guys aren't pitching well like Pomerantz. Yeah, and and maybe it becomes a situation where they've had a conversation of, hey, you know you're going to get your innings. It's the way it's working out. Um, there will probably be a spot start for you here and there because, look, there's no secret. They're pitching debts those two guys. Like, they don't have anybody in the minors to call up for spot starts. Like, their right. spot start guys are Velasquez and Brian Johnson. They just decide to keep them here instead of sending them back down to the minors. So, they will get spot starts this year. There's no question in my mind those guys will get other starts again, but it would be nice to see him get rewarded for the way he's pitching right now. It would, and Brian Johnson's not doing well right now, and he gave up the game-winning home run against the, the Blue Jays to Luke Maley. So, he's struggling big time. You know, he's been as bad as Velasquez has been good. So, obviously, if you wanted a spot start right now, Velasquez would be the option. But maybe... Johnson would be better as a starter because he has struggled in the relief effort. So maybe keep him in long relief, put Velasquez as a starter, and see how that works. But the dude deserves a chance. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. So obviously that one won't happen right away. But as the team keeps struggling, if the team keeps struggling out of the gate with, the, with these starters, you got to think he's going to get a shot. Um, before we do predictions, just talk about quickly the Matt Harvey deal. He sent the Mets traded him to the Reds. Um, what a career this guy's had in a bad way. <laughs> um, the nicknames in New York, the the storiness, whatever it may be, he never really panned out, and I think he's just going to go waste away in Cincinnati. Well, yeah, nobody cares about baseball. They're, they're an awful team, so it's kind of the perfect situation. If he doesn't want to be known, because there's a lot of eyes on him in New York, even though I know it's not the Yankees, but there was plenty of drama with the Mets, and uh, he just couldn't get his act together. And He's 29 years old, and now he's relegated to the Cincinnati Reds, so... He was supposed to be such a good starter, and he fell all the way down to getting designated for assignment. That's that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, seriously. No, he didn't. He, and he like it's funny because he didn't accept the role. Like they offered him to go down to the minors, right. fix it, and come back, and he's like, "I'm not doing that," which is crazy. Big of an ego. 
I feel, yeah, like anybody else would have probably would have taken that opportunity because it sounded like the Mets didn't want him to go. They just wanted him right. to go figure it out and then come back. And he's like, I ain't doing that. And he's like, all right, then I guess we have to let you go. Sorry, bye. <laughs> and they figured out a trade. They sent him to a place that no one's going to care about him. Um, and, and you watch now, he'll start pitching better. I guarantee it. He's, he's going to pitch well for a team that doesn't yep. need him to be pitching well because they don't care. And they almost want to lose at this point. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, he pitched just he pitched four scoreless innings in his first his first appearance for the Reds. Um, so he's off to a good start. But it's funny to me that he's that he's trying to make all these rules because I mean, he had two good seasons. I'm looking at his numbers: nine and five with a two twenty seven ERA in twenty thirteen. He missed all of twenty fourteen, and then twenty fifteen he was thirteen and eight with a two seventy one. Since that, he's got a combined record of let me do some quick math: nine and twenty one in the last three seasons after that so he's not his overall record in his career is under 500 34 and 37 so i'm sorry two good years is not enough to prove that you're like a star pitcher and he clearly thought he was because he wouldn't even agree to go to the minors to figure it out so he can have cincinnati go have fun having no one care about your pitch yeah it was uh it wasn't good. Yeah, he's he he he. It was all hype for him. He was never a guy that was going to have a. He was never having a stellar career, and it was all hype for him. But um, all right, predictions, and we'll get out of here for the week. Had a lot to talk about, but uh, you had three against the A's, four against Baltimore, all at home. Um, is this too? Is this easy? Like, is this like this this week? Should not be a problem, Jess. Um, looking at it, three against the A's. I have, I, I have you probably winning two out of three. Actually, no, that's a lie. I'm just gonna, you're sweeping the A's. Uh, I'm going, with my, I'm going with my guy. They're, they didn't do it last time, but that was in Oakland. They're at oh, home now. They lost two out of three. Actually, they're at. I know, but they're at home now. For some reason, they never really play well out there. I don't know what it is, but I haven't come. They're coming home. Played okay today. Coming off a week that they could have done better. I think they're going to figure some things out. I have them sweeping the A's. Okay, I'm gonna say win uh, win two out of three. Um, after you lost two out of three, um, Sean Manaya threw a no hitter, and Sean Manaya will be the pitcher on uh, on Monday. In the He's first game rocked. of the series, you know that right? He's gonna pitch like crap. <laughs> That's usually how it works. So it's gonna be Manaya against Rick Porcello. Maybe Porcello will throw the no hitter this time. But yeah, I got I got two out of three. Um, I think that the A's are still not terrible. They're average. They're 19 and 21. So. I think being home will be good after a 10-game road trip. Um, like you said, could have played better, but not a terrible week. But I think this is a good week to get back on track, and I think they'll start with a 2 and one week against those pesky A's. That would be nice either way. Uh, then you have four against Baltimore. Um, it's so hard to say sweep of a four-game series in any sport. It is. Just because it's baseball, right? You don't know what's going to happen. Um, I actually think they're going to split against Baltimore. Um because the, history shows, you know, Machado will have some big moment at some point, and I, I just think this team might not take the Orioles seriously. I don't know why. I have a gut feeling. I have them splitting against Baltimore, and it's purely my gut. Well, that's fair. I mean, Baltimore is <laughs> it's playing better recently, which is funny because they're still terrible. They're 12-26, and 26, but they are playing better. They were 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games, so... They are doing a little bit better, so I you could you could be onto something with this. Um, I'm going to say three out of four to the Red Sox, just because I didn't go with a sweep for the A's. So, and I really don't see them losing more than two games this week. So, as much as I want to say a four game sweep, and as 
right as you may sound with your two and two against them. I'm going three out of four um, against Baltimore. They're three and sixteen on the road, so <laughs> that's really that's terrible. But they're bound to get some wins after being so terrible. So you could be right about that. But I'm going three out of four uh, for a nice five and two week, and I guess you as well. Yeah, I'll say five and two in a different way. So different we'll routes, who's right? Different paths, same result. Both have us going. Five, both have the team going five and two. Don't care how they get there. A five and two week would be a nice week for this team. Um, Dude. So that that we'll kind of see how that shapes off in this year. Uh, we'll kind of end the show for the week there. Don't forget on Twitter at Red Sox CLNS, Red Sox P Podcast on Facebook, iTunes. If you could subscribe to us, that'd be great. Uh, rate and review as well. Get us get us bumped up there as Red Sox season is in full swing. Your team is currently tied for first place as we record this today on Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day as we record this, of course. Um, and we'll uh, we'll break from there. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Uh, with a guest we'll, we'll, we'll touch base on that one we should have some we're gonna have someone hopping on next week we'll announce that during the week so stay tuned there but for just thomas i am jared scally this has been red sox beat here on sealness media